All right. Good morning, everybody. You guys can all come in and find a, a place to grab a seat. Today's the day I'm super excited about. I've been excited about today for a while. I announced at our annual ministry celebration that we were going to be installing Ben Schultz as an associate pastor, and today we're going to set him in. And then we're also going to be appointing uh, Nick and Liz D'Antonio as elders. So we're super excited about that. Uh, Ben's family has been sick this week, so unfortunately they're not able to be here. Um, but Ben is here somewhere. I don't know where he is, but she, no, there he is. Yeah, come on up. Grab a seat. Um, we have Joe Jansen who's here with us from Elam, and I invited him to come and share a little bit this morning. So we're going to have him share now. Great, thanks. Uh, really good to be here. It's always fun to come out this way and uh, be with Family Life Church. It's a great place. God's doing great things, and uh, I'm just I'm uh, uh, what, what do I want to say? Excited about the uh, just the transition that you're making. It's not oh, uh, uh, those aren't always easy. It's uh, something I help a lot of churches with, and uh, just uh, proud of you. And uh, I'm excited for what God is continuing to do here. So. That's good. Um, I'm supposed to explain uh, installed, being installed. It's kind of like being a refrigerator. We're going to install a refrigerator today. You know, it's like, I don't know what uh, installation. It's different. You know, what's the difference between installing, installation, and ordination? You might, you might ask that. Uh, ordination usually is the recognition of the call of God on a person's life. Um, for the, and, it, and it's kind of like, uh, for the greater body of Christ uh, in the church and beyond, uh, usually only happens once. Sometimes, sometimes people uh, do it do it more than once. Uh, if they maybe they change organizations or something like that. But ordination is once installation because the call that's that's the call of God. But you might have some different assignments, so you may get installed uh, more than once. You know, and what it's it's kind of biblical to have an installation because, uh, you know, it's just a good thing for humans to be able to kind of say, uh, we're recognizing this office, this position uh, that, in this case, Ben's going to be uh, taking, and uh, we're celebrating it. Uh, and usually, uh, or often, the, the position that you're installed in comes with a promise, not always. If I can, I, well, I probably always, but not. It doesn't show it in the Bible always. Uh, but like when Joshua, uh, in Joshua chapter one, uh, you know Moses is dead, and God starts talking to Joshua, and he and he reminds him that you know you're going to be taken over, which Mo, which Joshua was totally freaked out by, uh, and then and he and he said that everywhere that Moses, I told Moses that everywhere he put his foot, it's going to be yours. And he also reminds him that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you successful. So there he is. He's placing him in. You're going to, you're not, but Moses is taking over. Josh is taking over for Moses. Uh, so, you know, it's very definitive. You're, you're taking over now. And listen, I'm going to make you successful. And here's the promise. You, everywhere you go and put your feet, I'm giving you that land. You know, it's so, and you could, you could see that there's other places in the Bible where that, where that stuff happens. So, also, uh, Acts chapter 6, uh, they would, the, the early church went six chapters with not a whole lot of problems within the church, but chapter 6, it truly became a church, right? Because I don't think you can be a church until you have problems. Maybe, maybe not totally 
maybe it wasn't totally a church yet because there wasn't uh, a second church that was made out of the first church. That's when you really know, you know. When you have a split, then you know, okay, we're, we're really there now. We're a church. But in chapter 6, uh, they're going ins- to make some deacons, and they're going to, you know, install deacons. And uh, so they have this whole thing, and then they, they you know, they, they uh, I think it was in there where they prayed for them and stuff. Uh, choose the, yeah, they had a special time of prayer and the laying on of hands for these deacons. And, uh, and we, could, we could keep going. Uh, Acts chapter 13, another one where they set apart, I think it was Paul and Barnabas. The Holy Spirit said, hey, uh, you know, set these guys apart. We're going to send them on uh, to go visit churches and stuff. And, uh, and I think they laid, hand, laid hands on them. So again, there's, these, there's this, you know, setting apart and, and creating a, an appointment and a position. And I, I think that's a good thing. And so that's, that's, that's kind of what we're happening in Acts 14, 23. Uh, again, appointing of elders. They appointed elders in every church. So there was this, you know, again, we could say an installation of these, of these elders. And you're actually going to have uh, that happening today. So I think that's uh, a lot of, well, do I have time to, uh, oh, oh, I have 33 seconds. Um, let me say a couple things about Ben. Uh, and, and the time that I've known Ben, uh, I, would, I would say this, he's a faithful man of God, uh, faithful to the call of God in his life, faithful uh, in the things that God has brought you to. I, I've seen that. Also available. He's, you know, uh, and we all need to be this. We all need to be faithful, but we need to have an availability. Uh, but he's not so available, at least when I ask him sometimes, he's able to say no. And that's a very mature thing to be able to do, to just say, hey, I pay no attention to that timer. Um, and uh, so, but he's available. He's helped us in so many ways at Elam Fellowship. Uh, he's, he's an area rep for uh, our senior citizens group, and you've done a great job there. Uh, no, he, he is doing a great job. And it's not easy because he's, he's, he's really, well, in our circles, he's really young. Uh, and he's got all these old people there that he's working with. Also, he's been running a mastermind, a ministry mastermind group for us. Uh, that's probably over now, but I don't know if you know this. I probably should have told you, but I've gotten, I had numerous good reports, uh, people telling me uh, how much they've enjoyed that. And, and so uh, camps, I, I know it's not an Elon Fellowship camp, but he's uh, involved in camps and so many other things. So uh, I just affirm you and just think it's phenomenal that, uh, you're being set into this position. So that's what I wanted to tell you about installation, and I'm just glad to be here for it. Up next, we have the privilege of hearing Pastor Chris charge Ben with that which God has called him to. It's kind of weird setup. He's sitting here facing everybody. Um, Ben, at your ordination on June 23rd, 2019, Joe Jansen, who was the USMD director, called you to, and I quote, to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, endurance, and gentleness. And then he called you to fight the good fight of faith and to take hold of eternal life. But I want to be clear that in doing that, Joe wasn't calling you to newly commit to something you had never done before. He wasn't asking you to somehow put on some new robes that make you qualified. He wasn't asking you to fulfill some kind of 11th commandment. He was asking you to recognize that which God had already done in you, which is why we were recognizing you in that ordination time. 
And so basically, Joel was encouraging you to remember whose you are and who you are. And I want to remind you of that today. There's a lot of demands. I mean, I talked to a lot of pastors. And I got to tell you, this last few years have been some of the most challenging in the life of a pastor. Because it feels like no matter what you do, somebody's mad at you. Whether you're maskers or non-maskers. Whether you're Trumpers or you're whatever the other side is. You can do no right. And so I want to remind you, before I say anything about the charge of what you're about today, I want to remind you that you were initially called by God. You weren't called by these people. You weren't called by Pastor John or by me. You were called by God. God put his hand upon you from the beginning, and he began to nurture something inside of your soul. And earlier, you were ordained, but that wasn't an ordination so that you could put some fancy names before your name. You know, the most holy, reverend Benjamin Paul Schultz. That's not what it was about at all. It was a call to recognize that you were called to lay your life down for the work of the gospel. Because the work of the gospel of the kingdom supersedes all other identities. It supersedes being a U.S. citizen or an area rep or an associate pastor. The call is first and foremost that you're his. And then out of that place of loving acceptance, everything else flows out of you. And if it doesn't, then it comes out of a base of insecurity and having to prove something. And I want to say to you from the beginning, as someone who's a little bit older than you, that you don't have anything to prove. The fact that you're sitting here today means that we have already received you as God has gifted you. So at this time, we're, we're actually moving away from the ordination ideal, which is still good, and we're moving into the fact that God has not just generally called you, he has now specially and specifically called you to a, a pastoral gifting, which I believe has already been resident inside of you for all of these years. He's called you to shepherd the people of God to take care of them, to love them as they are. And I can guarantee there will be times when these people will drive you nuts. But you're still to love them as God loves them and as God loves you. So uh, I wanted to be clear to you that you're not called to be an associate pastor because we couldn't find anybody else. And it's, by the way, it's not that Ben drew the short straw, so he stuck with you. That's not what this is about at all. It's really about the fact that we believe God is in this thing. And we want to recognize it and celebrate what God is doing. Now, I watched you. Uh, we moved here in 1991. How old were you at that time? You were seven years old. I've watched you from the time that you were seven years old, growing up as a young boy, then into a younger man, and then going off to college, going on to the mission field. I've watched you grow from being a young boy to a young man, to a husband, and to a father. And I've watched knowing that there were seeds of God inside your soul from the beginning. It's like um, most of the people I talk to will say something like, I don't know, I just always knew there was something God had put inside of me. I didn't even understand it all, but I knew it. And that's how I felt about you, that from the beginning, there was something that God planted inside of you. And you can't help but be who you are because of that seed, which is indestructible and eternal. God's called you to this. And you need to be confident in that. Not arrogant, but confident in the sense that God places you where he wants you to be. So I want you to hear me that we all, all of us today who are sitting here today, 
we're recognizing, we're not asking you to do something that God isn't asking you to do. We're recognizing what God has planted in you, and we're rejoicing and celebrating that you're able to walk into it. So with that in mind, I want to charge you with some of the things that God has already gifted you to fulfill. Uh, Paul tells us, that, or the writer of Acts, Luke says, keep watch over yourself and the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. And I want to be clear that God calls you in the pastoral role to oversee the people of God, not to overlook them ever, but to oversee them, not as a dominant taskmaster, but out of a loving shepherd's heart. Then he says, prepare God's people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, speak the truth in love. Your job isn't just to do everything. Your job is to help these people to find their calling their gifting, and where they can fit into this particular body, this house of living stones that God has put together here in Warsaw Family Life Church. He says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Don't ever get so busy, which is such a temptation to do, to be so actively involved in the ministry that you forget to take time just for you and God. Uh, one of the things I love is when God allows us time away from it all just to soak in his presence. So I would encourage you, don't forget that the word is about more than just getting sermons together. It's for your soul, too. Because as that works inside of you, it helps you to see that same fruit inside of them. He says, keep yourself pure. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. I love that last little bit, with great patience and careful instruction. In other words, you, you, you don't just generally say something. You actually hone it to the people you're dealing with, and you do it with great patience. Because I got to tell you, having lived with God a while, none of us grow up all that fast. It takes a long time for God to get Egypt out of us, so to speak. And then finally, keep your head in all situations. That's a good one. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Discharge them. So with that in mind, I charge you, remember always that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, and you're to follow in his steps. I charge you to seek to live with the joy and confidence that comes from being rooted in the gospel and the calling of God. You're first and foremost called by him. We are recognizing that call. In the discharge of your office, I charge you to love and serve God's people in this place and beyond, even as Christ has loved you. You know, your office grants you some privileges. But first and foremost, it's a privilege to lay your life down. It's not about what you can get out of it. It's what the kingdom gets. I charge you not to forget the trust of those who have received you. These, your family here. Care for them with patience, young and old, Strong and weak, rich and poor. Love them all. And finally, I charge you to seek God's presence in prayer, strengthening yourself for this work. Spend time in his presence and in the study of his word, for there you will find the life and joy to maintain this high calling. And finally, even as Joe referenced it earlier, Paul commanded that the priests in Israel would pray a prayer over their people daily. They would have to stand with hands outstretched and they would say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, both now 
and forevermore. We stand with you, recognizing you today as our associate pastor here in this house. We esteem you highly, a value not only for the kingdom, but the kingdom that God has brought to us. So we are excited for what God is doing here today. Amen. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit this morning about the way that we interact with Pastor Ben. We relate to Pastor Ben. Um, I'm super excited about today because I believe that Ben, Chelsea, Stuart, Max, and Lucy are a gift given to us by God. I really do see them all as gifts that God has given us. I can tell you firsthand that Ben has been a gift and a blessing to me um, here at Family Life Church and to the church here in terms of seeing the vision that God has given us move forward and being a blessing in all that God has called us to here. A couple of years ago, uh, it was Christmas Eve, and we were getting ready for Christmas, and we had put the kids to bed, and April brought all the gifts downstairs. Like in our house, she's responsible for buying all the gifts, and I'm responsible for wrapping them. That's the way that works, and I like it that way. So I wrap them. She doesn't like how I wrap them because I use too much paper, and it's a real, it's a mess, but it's an agreement that we have. So I'm wrapping all the gifts, and I'm wrapping them like I categorize them by child, and so each kid like gets the same wrapping paper so we know whose gift is whose. Then we had some family gifts that we had, like for the whole family. So we wrapped them all up, and I put them under the tree. We get up Christmas morning. We start opening these gifts, and we realized, first we were kind of like taking turns opening them, and we realized this was going to take way too long. So then we just put the pile in front of each one of the kids and just said like, one, two, three, go. And there's like tissue paper flying everywhere and bags flying everywhere. And I'm trying to keep the living room picked up so we can keep living there, and I'm picking up all the trash. And then we kind of get to the end, and April says, there was one more gift. Where did it go? And I'm like, I don't know. I remember wrapping it. I'm positive I wrapped it. And I wrapped it in that paper, and I stuck it under the tree. And she said, well, where is it? And I said, I don't know. So then we started searching our house for this lost gift. And we're looking everywhere. I'm cutting open the bag of wrapping paper that I just all stuffed in there. And then she's sending me out to the garbage to see if I threw it out the night before. And we literally never found the gift. Like, we had this gift that was for our family, but because of the way that we handled it, because we didn't honor it, because we didn't receive it, we didn't appreciate it, we missed and lost out on that gift. And we can do that with people in our lives. We can, God can give us a gift in a person, and we can miss out on the gift that he gave us because we don't actually take the time to receive and honor the gift that he's given us. Ben is a gift here, and you know, Ben is kind of a hometown boy. Like, as Pastor Chris said, he grew up in Warsaw. He left Warsaw for a while. He went to Bible school. He got married, and then he came back to Warsaw. And oftentimes, with people that we know well and with people that we see all the time, sometimes we can make the mistake of taking them for granted. Maybe you remembered Ben when he was going to school here, when there used to be a Christian school here. Remember, maybe you remember him in youth group here, and you kind of remember who he used to be, and you treat him as common, even though God is giving him to us today as a gift. Jesus actually ran into this problem himself in Mark 6. It says this, Jesus left and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's the wisdom that has been given to him, that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, 
Joseph and Judas and Simon and his sisters here with us, they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do many miracles there. If it's possible for people to miss the gift of God in Jesus that was right in front of them, then it's possible for us to miss the gift that God gives us in each other. And as your pastor this morning, I'm asking you to not miss out on the gift of God that Pastor Ben is to us. I'm asking you to see him as that gift, and I'm asking you to receive him as that gift. And if it's your heart to do that this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to, to respond demonstratively to say, Ben, we received you. We receive you as a gift of God. I'm going to read something, and then if it's your heart to receive him, I'm going to ask you to respond by just saying, I do. So Family Life Church, this morning God has given us a gift in Pastor Ben Schultz and his family. Do you today commit your heart to receive the gift that God has given us? Amen. So I just want to have a time of prayer where I want to invite the board um, from the church to come up and join me in praying a prayer blessing over Ben in the new position that uh, God has appointed him to. So board, you can come up and join me. Pastor Chris and Karen and Joe, you can join us too. Yeah, deacons, you guys can come up too. You guys are on the board. Come on, there's work to do, deacons. Let's go. We got stuff to do. Lord, we thank you so much for Ben. And today we receive him as a gift, him and his family. We pray for healing for his family today and um, so you would bless them where they're at. But Lord, I ask that as Ben steps into this new role, that he would find you right there waiting for him with everything he needs for that which you've called him to. Lord, we thank you so much that you're God that when you call us to something, you provide the grace that we need for what you've called us to. And Lord, I ask that Ben would find new, fresh grace as he steps out into all that you've called him to. Lord, that he wouldn't feel held back in any way. He wouldn't feel like Jesus felt in his hometown, but he would feel honored and he would feel blessed here, Lord, that we would see the gift that's in him and honor it, God. Father, we ask for your anointing to fall fresh upon Ben right now. Yes. Holy Spirit, come and fill him afresh with your love, your goodness, and your grace. Pour it out upon him and on Chelsea. We pray for your healing power to come and touch her. And on the rest of the family, Lord, let your healing power come and then fill them afresh with your anointing. Ben, as we've been praying, I, I, I think of you as my friend and someone I've known for a long time. And uh, I've always seen you as someone who has been a vessel that contains the spirit. And you always freely give of it, whether you're interacting with your family, your friends, the youth group, 
or just in pre-service prayer, you are just a vessel that contains the Spirit, and it flows out of you. But when I look at you <clears throat> in the last 10 years that I've known you or so, I see you as the vessel that you were with, um, if you will, holes from which the Spirit flows out of you like water. And I feel like the Lord is creating in you a new vessel to hold more of his Spirit. But this time, the holes are going to be bigger. And out of those larger holes will flow more of his presence, but most importantly, a fresher version of his presence. As he pours more into you, the outpouring is going to be even faster. There's going to be a faster current of the presence flowing out of you. And I just want you to be prepared for exactly what the Spirit is doing in your life. There's going to be a stretching, as is there any time when God does something new. But out of that stretching and that, that changing, you'll be conformed to this new vessel with new out, outlets and from which the Spirit will flow. And I just encourage you, my friend, and I'm so thankful to be here with you during this season. Um, I kind of had a similar theme. Um, so John was talking about the, the gifts being opened and how we are to receive you as a gift. And um, you heard your friends here say, yes, they do. And you're a treasure, and we gladly receive you. Um, but I saw you opening gifts, and I, I felt like the Lord was saying there's more gifts that you haven't yet opened. There's more for you. And then going along with that, I saw a picture of like a, a group of trees in a forest, and they're all just kind of the same size. And all of a sudden, I saw one tree like shoot up, like half as tall again. And I feel like this is that season for you that as is, is, uh, you've been installed today, with that will come, as Josh was talking, this increased capacity to hold the Lord. But you're going to stand out, you know, stand out in the crowd, but you're going to stand out because of the gifting God has in you and, and what you're walking in. He's going to enable you to walk in that. Lord, we bless Ben today. Lord, with all the blessings that you've given to each one of us, Lord, we give those blessings to him, and Lord, we ask you just to pour into him uh, that the desires of his heart would be fulfilled and that he would, as he's stepping into this new role, that as he's uh, finding new responsibilities and new things on his plate, that he would find you in those places. He would find a deeper relationship with you, and he would find a strength to be able to do all that you've called him to do uh, as he steps into this new role, and we bless him today. And we thank you for him. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you guys welcome Pastor Ben? So we also are um, appointing elders this morning. And when I made that announcement um, at our annual ministry celebration, I had a few people ask me, how we make decisions on elders and how we appoint elders and what that process looks like. So I thought it would be good to just share with you guys this morning a little bit of what that process looks like. There's really three things that went into the process of selecting elders here at Family Life Church. The first is we believe that the Bible says that elders should be selected and appointed prayerfully. So this is taken out of Acts 14.23. It says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church, and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trusts. So I want you to know this morning that in selecting and appointing elders, this was a decision that was done prayerfully. It wasn't done in any type of haphazard way. 
there was a lot of prayer that went into this decision over a lot of time. In fact, the first time that I told Pastor Chris I thought we should consider appointing Nick and Liz as elders was nine years ago. We were in China. We were on a missions trip, some of you might remember, where we kind of went all over the place visiting missionaries. And when we were on that trip, I brought up with him the idea of appointing Nick and Liz as elders. And his, his response was, let's take some time and pray about it. So that's exactly what we did for nine grueling years. <laughs> it's not, not really true. Um, Nick and Liz went through some challenges in their life and some, some situations that they were up against. And because of that, we felt like we didn't want to put on them additional responsibility at that time. So we decided to wait. And as time went forward, kind of Nick and Liz, Liz just kept kind of coming to the top. The more we prayed and said, like, we feel like this is what God has called us to. So there was a lot of prayer that went into it. The second thing we see is that we should appoint elders patiently. In 1 Timothy 5, which is a chapter that talks a lot about appointing elders, we see that Paul tells Timothy to be patient in installing elders, not to be speedy with it. In fact, he says in 1 Timothy 5.22, he says, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands and do not share in the sin of others. Keep yourself pure. The sins of some are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them, and the sins of others trail behind them. So Paul is telling Timothy to be, be patient in selecting elders, not to, not to do it quickly, because who people are is going to come out if you give it a little time. I tell my daughters this when they start liking boys. I say, just give it some time, because who that boy is is going to come out. We just got to give it some time and let it happen. It's the same thing with elders, is that when we have someone that we're looking at considering, we need to give it some time to see who they really are. So this hasn't been a speedy process at all. As I said, the first time I talked to Pastor Chris about this was nine years ago. And during that time, we have repeatedly been impressed with the work that God has done in Nick and Liz. Um, Nick and I grew up together uh, going to Camp Judah. We used to get in all kinds of trouble back then. And I can most definitely tell you that God has matured Nick D'Antonio over that time. And he could say the same about me. But God has done so much in him. And the same is true about Liz, that God has done so much in her. Nick is the kind of friend that you would want to have staying in your corner when you go through stuff in life. It's easy to walk with God when things are going well, but when things are challenging, that's when you need people standing with you to say, hey, we can get through this together. I've been through some stuff before, and I know what this challenge looks like. This is how we walk forward in this. And I see Liz as being someone who is super, super steady and faithful. Sometimes you're going through life and it feels like life just hits you on the chin and like if you think of a boxer getting hit on the chin, they kind of get wobbly. When you get wobbly, you need someone that can stand next to you and put, put their arm around you and say, okay, stand steady. We're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And that's who I see Liz as being. So we're super grateful that as we took time and were patient in selecting elders, this is what we saw come out of Nick and Liz over time. And then the last thing that the Bible says is we should appoint elders together. This is in Acts chapter 6. We see that the church has grown in size, and there's more leadership that's needed. The leadership team needs to be expanded. And then in Acts 6, 5, it says we see the decision pleased the group. So I brought this idea up to Pastor Chris a long time ago, and we prayed about it, and we gave it time. And then eventually we brought that to the other elders at the church, which at that time were Tom and Sharon Weber and Andy and Kathy Maurer. 
And they said, let's take some time and pray about it, and we did. And as time went forward, the group all agreed. We said, we feel like this is a good decision. We feel like this is what the Lord wants. So then last year in January, Nick had served as a deacon from 2011 through 2022. And then in January of 2022, we invited Nick and Liz to come and sit with the elders for a year, kind of like we were going to date each other and see if it was going to work out. So we'd give Nick and Liz some time to like experience what it was like being an elder, and they could decide, like, do we feel like this is a good fit? And then we could have some interaction with them on that level and say, do we feel like it's a good fit? And at the end of that time, we all felt like this was what the Lord wanted us to do. So that's kind of the process that we went through to select elders. And so here we are today to appoint Nick and Liz as elders, and we're super excited to have them. And I thought it would be appropriate to have our newly installed associate pastor take them through a mild interrogation publicly. Um, so I have some questions that Pastor Ben is going to ask Nick and Liz. I already know the answers to the, these questions, but I wanted you guys to hear their hearts and to hear them answer these questions publicly. Well, I am I'm very, very excited for today. I'm very, very excited to... Uh, we're bringing uh, Nick and Liz officially on as elders. Uh, I've known them for quite a while and can attest to all the things that John said. Um, these are the kind of people that you want in your corner. Um, if you need advice or you need help or you need someone to, to set you straight, um, they're the kind of people that you want. And what I love about um, both of them is that there's a lot of wisdom here, a lot of wisdom, but they're very, very down to earth, very approachable, very friendly. Um, so it makes it a great um, a great fit for us, and we're super excited to have them. So um, I have a couple of questions I'm going to ask you, um, and you guys can just respond by saying, I do. So it's all simple. Nick and Liz, do you believe that God has called you to this church and planted you here as servants? Do you commit to use all that God has given you, both your natural resources as well as your gifting, to support the work here at Family Life Church? Do you commit to provide faithful oversight of the church? The kingdom of God would be advanced in the community God has planted us. And will you pursue and strive for unity of this church, committing yourself humbly to a ministry of biblical peacemaking and reconciliation? Awesome. So at this time, we're going to invite uh, the board back up to pray for Nick and Liz. Lord, we just thank you so much for the gift that you have given us um, in, in the D'Antonio family. We're so grateful that you have brought them here and planted them here. Um, thank you for the, for the wisdom and the maturity and the leadership you've given these two. Um, and thank you for also for their, for their family, their young kids. We're, we're so blessed to have them be a part of us. Um, and today we, we accept them as uh, leaders, as elders here. Um, we just pray, pray a fresh anointing and blessing upon all that they do, um, that when they speak, um, it would be with confidence and, and with authority. And when they counsel, it would be with wisdom. Um, and when they pray, it would be with power. And we just pray your blessing upon them. Lord, I thank you for Nick and Liz. And uh, I thank you for who each one of them are. 
Lord, I thank you that they are uniquely gifted for that which you've called them to. Um, you've given them everything that they need for the job that they have in front of them. And Lord, I ask that they would, as they step into this role and they step into what you've called them to, I ask that their testimony would be that God has been so faithful to us with every situation we found ourselves in, with everything that we needed, we found that God had for us exactly what we needed. Lord, I ask you to bless them, and I ask that as they step out into what you've called them to, they would find gifting in themselves that they didn't even know was there, um, stuff that they didn't even know they were capable of, because your spirit is in them, Lord. We bless them today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so an awesome day with tons of gifts, and I want to encourage you, each one of you, um, if you find yourself in a hard place, you need someone to talk to, you need someone to connect with, these would be wonderful people to connect with, Nick and Liz and Ben and Chelsea. You don't have to come to me. There's a lot of people coming to my office. It's getting a little busy. Uh, so uh, go find one of them. I can tell you their addresses, and I'll give you their cell phone numbers. Like, you know, so. um, I also want to let you know that uh, some of you might have seen on Facebook, Pastor Chris is getting rid of most of his library. And in the fellowship hall, there are a lot of books. So if you're at all interested in any of those, you could head over the, there and check those out on, on your way out. They'll be there for a couple weeks, and then we'll be getting rid of them. So thank you so much for welcoming these gifts that God has given us. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week.